0: Hey, uh, we've been talking uh, the last couple weeks about the idea that every single word uh, that you and I say is going to go into one of three buckets. That's just how it is. And we've said out loud that an awful lot of the words that you and I say are are simply going to go in the who cares bucket. When we get to eternity, and you and I talked about whether or not the Diamondbacks were going to win, even though we already knew the answer before we asked, uh, you know… It's not going to matter that we talked about that or the weather or it just, it just, it's not going to matter. There's a whole bunch of what comes out of our mouths that just doesn't have significant eternal value. But what we've been going after are the other two buckets to say, guys, there are words that come out of our mouths that change the course of our lives and the lives of people around us. And sometimes the words that come out of our mouths are words that wound and hurt, Words that people, once you've said them, will take those words to their grave, and they will actually live their lives in the shadow of the words uh, that were uttered. And we just talked about uh, words that wound and words that hurt. And so, we've made a commitment together over the last couple weeks to say, look, it's almost like we're going to put some tape over our mouths. We're just going to stop making deposits uh, in that bucket. We're going to put a lid on it, and, and we're not going to wound people to win an argument. We're not going to gossip to put other people down. We're not going to deceive and say false things. We're just, we're putting a lid on that bucket. We're no, more, no more deposits in that bucket. Today, you and I, we, we get to go to the completely the other side. You and I get to go to the bucket that says, wow, what if, what if you and I used our words to just absolutely transform and bless other people's lives? What if, what if in a moment when somebody is just ready to give up on their faith. I mean, they're just going, look, I don't get it. I, I've been trying to serve God. It doesn't look like it's working right now. And I'm, I'm just done. And what if you and I, in that moment, said exactly the right thing to give them the courage and the strength to carry on? Uh, you, you and I all know people that, that are on the verge of making absolutely uh, the dumbest decision that they could ever make. I mean, if they do that, uh, they're going to spend a lifetime of regret. Th- they'll spend years trying to get to the other side of that decision, and you and I know the answer. And although it feels a little bit scary and it feels a little tenuous, what if you and I spoke words of encouragement? What if you and I just said, look, look, I know, I know you're terrified, I know, but I'm just going to encourage you right now. Do the right thing right now. And what if you and I began to put huge, huge deposits in this bucket of encouragement for others. You know, we talked about uh, James, and James simply said this about our tongues. He said, our tongues are like a, a rudder on a huge ship, and although that rudder seems in comparison tiny, 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 it changes the course of a ship. And you and I are going to discover today that that our tongues have exactly that same capacity. And what if you and I used them to the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ? What if you and I, ready? In exactly the right moment said the right thing. How powerful, how life-changing could our words be in the lives of others? Now, guys, here's why this is a big deal. There are people within your sphere of influence who your words carry more weight than anyone else's words. And we sometimes miss that moment and we don't understand, but I'm just telling you, there are people that God has placed in your life that what comes out of your mouth affects their life more deeply, more profoundly than anyone else's words. And what if you and I were to leverage that moment to say, then I am going to choose words that bless their life and move them closer to God when I speak. Now, here, here's the deal. I just got to be honest. This can be a huge challenge in my life. Because here's: I've got the gift of negative. Okay, Anybody else got the gift of negative? Come on. All right. Well, the rest of you are liars, but okay, all right. <laughs> That's me being positive about your lying. But uh, I don't know, I don't know, guys, if it's because I'm wired as a teacher, and, you know, teachers are always putting the little red marks on the page. I, I don't know if it's maybe because I'm, I'm a guy who is, is really driven by excellence, and so anytime something falls short of excellence, I'm immediately going, oh, my, and oh. But I'm just going to tell you that sometimes it translates into the things that come out of my mouth. And sometimes the words that come out of my mouth have the capacity to discourage people around me. I'll tell you, uh, it's an interesting time when we're doing staff reviews uh, around here, uh, because I have the propensity to always see what we could have done better, what what could have been followed through further. And so here's what typically happens with me when I'm reviewing someone. I go, look, I just want to say to you, boy, when you did this thing, when you were working on that project, your insight, boy… You saw something that nobody had to point to you, nobody had to tell you about, and you caught it, and you saved our… Man, that was so cool. I just… I just want to encourage you in that. Here's the problem. I always see these two things. And so, I'm always drawn within that to go, but, you know, can I just… can I just point out something? There was another moment. Uh, there, there was a time, you know, when somebody was in the lobby and they asked you for, and you just walked right by them, and wow. And so, could I encourage you to be better at that? And you know, I, I got to be honest, man. You know, I, there, there was, there was a thing, and it came through the room, and and boy, I, I was really hoping you'd see that, and and, and that you'd catch that one, and somehow it just. And, and you didn't, and anybody want to guess how someone feels after that review? How much more powerful, how much more powerful to maybe choose words differently and in a moment to speak a right word in a right moment? And I, and I just wonder if, if maybe I could find a way to leverage what that person did right toward the rest. And what if in that moment I could say, hey, you know what? You catching that, you seeing that, that thing that nobody else directed you in and nobody else pointed out to you, and the idea that you anticipated our need, that was amazing. And could I just encourage you that you develop that because that, you, that may end up being the greatest contribution you make to the entire church is you seeing people with need and responding before they even have to ask. And you seeing what's broken around here and needs to get done, and you go take care of it before. If you, if you could go that, this may be the thing that you do at the highest capacity for us. You get what I've just done in that moment? I've got them curious about what this might be. It's a right word, hopefully spoken in a right moment that doesn't discourage a heart, but instead ignites a heart to do something greater and bigger for God. Now, guys, here's why this is huge. Here's what you need to get in this moment. This is huge because you're in a place where people are waiting to hear what comes out of your mouth next. Moms, dads, there are things... That you're gonna have the opportunity to say to your children that will never be said with the same force with the same depth as when mom and dad say it which is why which is why you ready it's why it's got to be the right word in the right moment for your children see there husbands There are things that you can say to your wife that will never, never, never have the same impact if any other human being on the entire face of the earth said that thing as what it will mean to the heart of your wife. Ladies, it's why in that moment when your husband pushes back and says, look, 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 stop nagging me. And I get it, I get it. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I don't verbalize this, if I don't say this out loud, how will he ever understand? And I'm just going to encourage you that you've got to find a different way to say this to Him because the right word spoken the right way could change your marriage. Some of us have friends and you're the closest thing to a real Christian they know. And right now they're struggling and they're trying to figure out God and I'm just telling you what you say next to your friend has the capacity to change their lives. And the right word spoken in the right moment is unspeakably powerful. Now, guys, here's the shoe down. Here's what you got to get. The right word spoken in the wrong moment can be really, really ugly. See, this doesn't mean you go out and have diarrhea of the mouth and just bah on people. It's the right word in the right moment. So you have a friend, and if they came outside your house at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, you are my best friend, You are so loyal. I love being your friend. They say that at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're going to say, get lost. They say that over a cup of coffee. Might be the best word you heard all year. And I'm just saying, guys, you and I need to begin to look for moments to say the right word at the right moment and to begin to make huge deposits on this side in our lives. So let me, let me give you some examples of, of how that works. Grab your Bibles real quick. Go with me to the book of Proverbs. If you're not really, really familiar, uh, if you go to the middle of your Bible, you're going to find the book of Psalms. It's going to be a little bit to the right. Proverbs chapter 25. This is what the wisest man says about this conversation that you and I are having today. Right word, right moment. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11. Here's what Solomon said. A word aptly spoken, and aptly just simply means this, the right thing said the right way in the right moment. In other words, the conversation was well done. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Now, I know that sounds a little bit weird, but he's, he's talking about an art piece. My wife's uh, totally into decorating, and inevitably, anytime she's doing a room, she'll stop and say, hey, I need a statement piece. I need something that when you walk in that room, bam, it just sets the tone for the entire room. You get that's exactly what he's saying here. The right word in the right moment is like a masterpiece. It takes your breath away to see what can happen when I say the right thing to the right person at just the right time so let's talk about how that plays out here's the right word at the right time to the right person offers insight see cuz here's the deal you and I all know people who right now in their lives are at a dead end and they're just going I I I don't know how to get from here to where I need to go next I, I I just have I have no idea. And, and, and the reality is, I, I'm just, I'm at a point, I'm ready to try almost anything. And you want to hear what's incredible? You and I watching their lives, you and I in that moment go, oh, no, 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 no. The next thing, the next thing is fairly obvious to me. And you and I speaking the right thing into their lives in that moment could offer incredible insight that would change them. I'm serving as a youth pastor in a church in Southern California, and the senior pastor there at the church was an absolutely painful introvert. It was interesting because he'd get up on Sunday, and it was like someone turned on a light switch, and he would glow. I mean, from the platform, woo. and, and people in the congregation went, I, I think I know that guy. I, what a warm guy. But boy, the second he walked off the stage, it was like the same switch went back off. And he just, he, he just was absolutely, painfully shy and could not handle being around people, including his own staff. And so I would go up to his office every once in a while and say, hey, uh, you want to go to lunch today? No. Okay, uh, y- you want to go to lunch tomorrow? Nah. Do you want to go to lunch ever? Probably not. And I just… I just, I finally just said, look, I've had enough of this. I mean, this, this, is, this is just so unenjoyable, so painful to serve on a staff where you can't even have any relationship with the senior guy. And so, I was getting phone calls of other churches to come serve there. And, and for the first time, I started uh, having the conversation. I started talking to churches about the possibility of moving on. And so I went to our executive pastor, the number two guy on the staff, George. And I just said, George, I just want to give you a heads up and just tell you, I I think I'm cooked. I I think I'm done. I've I've come far enough, worked long enough. I I don't need this in my life. I want to be somewhere where I can have a real relationship with the senior guy. I I think I'm just going to move on because I'm not enjoying this right now. Here's what my friend George said to me. Lynn, I just think that would be a huge mistake for you. Because let me tell you, you're right. You're right that our senior guy struggles in this area and that this really is not a strength of his. But have you seen how God is using him in this place? And people's lives are being changed. And here's the deal, Lynn, if all of us that actually have people skills, all of us that can relate to people, if we all leave, because we're not getting what we want, you, you realize he's going to be absolutely exposed, that suddenly everybody else is going to figure out that this guy can't have a conversation, and, and what God is doing here is going to shut down, and it'll be over. And what if, what 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 if, what if? What if you and I instead leaned into the man? What if we just said, look, we we acknowledge this is not a strength in his life. He's probably never going to be great at this. What if you and I filled in the gap? What if you and I went out and had the relationships he can't have? And what if you and I made this place warm in a way that he can never make this place warm? What could God potentially do here if we held his arms up? And guys, I'm just gonna tell you, it offered brand new insight for maybe why God had positioned me there and taken me to that place, and I re-engaged. And can I tell you that over the next couple years, that church flourished. And I watched some of the most remarkable days within my student ministries during that time. And I've often wondered, I wonder what would've happened if I'd have left. I wonder what would've happened to that church, I wonder what would've happened in my ministry. See, here's the deal. You and I have people in our lives who feel like they've come to a moment that they just don't have a good answer for next. And you and I have the answer. And what if, what if, what if in this moment, you and I, instead of doing what we would have normally done in the past and saying, boy, I hope they figure it out, I, 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 hope, I hope somebody's talking with them and giving them counsel. What what if this time you and I instead engaged? What if you and I invested a word of encouragement, a word of insight in their lives? You and I just might have said the right word in the right moment to the right person. So let me just ask you, Do you know anyone in your life right now that you say, you know what? (laughs) They really do need to know what I know. They need to see what I can see. And I was ready to go silent, and I think I'm going to go public. There's a second place. (laughs) When you and I say the right thing at the right time to the right person, you and I sometimes have the opportunity to declare their potential, to say to them, hey, here's what I see that God is doing in you. Here's what I see about how God has wired you, that it's possible, you ready? They don't even see it in themselves. Nobody else has ever acknowledged that in them. And they may be in a in the place of absolutely missing God-given opportunity in their lives. Now, How many of you have heard the saying, you can be anything you want to be? You can't. You can't. You, I will never be Michael Jordan. I am a fat white boy. I will never be Michael Jordan, okay? I will never be Brian Wurzel. I can't grow that much facial hair, okay? I, I will. But there are things that God has wired me to be. And isn't the most powerful thing in our lives when we discover what God made us for? Not what we thought, but what He planned Years ago, there was a young man started uh, coming to Cornerstone and uh, actually became a Christian here. It was interesting because, uh, man, before he got, he he just had a rough, rough, rough life. Matter of fact, he had a rap sheet like that long and nothing huge or crazy. It was just just the really, really dumb stuff that a 19, 20, 21-year-old guy is capable of if he's just being silly. And so he just had this, this rap sheet going on. And and, uh, he had come to Christ. He was still a baby Christian, which meant there was all sorts of rough edges in his life. But we were doing um, a series, and in the series we said, you know, we need to let the church know that people are coming here and they're figuring out Jesus. What if we gave some, you know, had some people give their testimonies? And so we invited uh, three different people who had recently come to Christ to give their uh, testimony. He was one of them, the criminal was one of them. And uh, so we brought him in. It was interesting on that day because uh, everybody else who spoke was older than him, further along than him, more experienced than him. And they gave their testimonies, and they talked in front of the church, and then came his turn. And guys, I'm just telling you, from the moment this young man walked up on the stage, there was something in his demeanor, something about his. the entire congregation locked in. And as he spoke, everybody sat and just wrapped… I mean, it was just remarkable… The criminal was talking. It was incredible. We got done, and I turned to my wife, Lisa, and I said, Lise, did you see that? And she said, Yeah, that was, that was special. And I said, You know, I, I think I may end up having to violate one of my own rules. Because here's the deal I never, never, never encourage anybody to think about ministry. Because, guys, I'm just telling you, this is like the worst, best job you'll ever have. And I just figure, man, God had better have called you to this. You don't want to get into this by accident. And I said, Lisa, I, 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 I think maybe I should talk to this guy. Cause. And so I did. I, I took him out for a Coke, and I just said, dude, did you, did you see what happened the other day when you gave your testimony? He goes, yeah, it was kind of weird, One, And I go, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I think, I think God, God may have gifted you in a way and I said, I would never do this. I never say it. But I said, would you consider praying about maybe going into ministry? It was interesting. He came back to me a couple months later and he said, Len, I, I think that's exactly what God's doing in my life. And a matter of fact, we ended up hiring him here. He ended up working with students. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students were touched by that young man's life. And now he's serving in another church, another place. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students Are being forever changed by him and I just wonder sometimes I I wonder if we had never had the cup of coffee I wonder I wonder if I'd never taken the initiative to speak into his life and to say to him what I saw God doing in him I wonder if he would have figured it out on his own or not and then what would have happened to all those lives so here's what I'm asking you Are there people that God has placed in your lives that you? you, I mean, you see it. You see that God's either made them unbelievably good at math, or maybe they got great relationship skills. I I don't know what it is, but you can see that God has given them something. And what would it mean for you to say it out loud? And I know, I know, up until now it felt kind of weird, and maybe it felt kind of over spiritual. But but what? What maybe could happen if you'd say, hey, I don't even know where this lands. I don't don't know what this even means for you, but I can't believe that you have that God-given ability and that God did not intend it for His glory somehow. What if? What if you and I made a big-time investment in their lives with our words? There's a, another place where this plays out and shows up because there will be people that you have contact with who are absolutely cooked spiritually. I mean, they are ready to give up. They just go, look, here's the deal. I've tried this Christian thing, and and, I, I've been go- and I, when I pray, it feels like my prayers bounce off the ceiling. And I'm just gonna tell you this, since I've become a Christian, this is harder than anything else I've ever done. I didn't sign up for this. I thought when you became a Christian, everything was good. And they're ready to throw in the towel. They're ready to walk away from God. And what would it mean in that moment for you to go and go, look, I get it. I've been there. I've felt the same way you feel right now. Hang on. Years ago, I'm, one of the couples that was here in the church called me up and said, hey, Lynn, could we meet you? For lunch, and I said, "Sure, let's do that." And I get to lunch, and it didn't take long to figure out they had something huge on their hearts because uh, she was already crying. He begins to talk to me, and he's now weeping big ol' alligator tears coming down his eyes. He said, Lynn, I, we are just, we are just done. We've been trying so hard to have children, and it, it's just not happening. And we don't get it. We don't, we don't understand it. Why? Why would God?" Not let us have kids. I we, as best I know, we're serving God better than we've ever served God before, and our lives are closer to Him. I don't. Why would God do this to us? And honestly, Lynn, I think we're done. And I said, "Whoa, whoa, hey! Here's the deal. I don't. I don't understand it either. I don't." I mean, I look at you guys and I just think you would be amazing parents. I I don't know why God hasn't given you a child yet. You know, maybe, maybe God is taking you through something so that you'll trust him more. Maybe he's saying, hey, you're going to wait until you know what it's really like to depend on. I don't know. Maybe it's a lesson in your life. Maybe, maybe he's not going to give you a kid. Maybe he's going to ask you to adopt and that you're going to rescue children out of horrible situations and you're going to bring them into a Christian. I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I do know it's time to be faithful. It's not time to give up. It's time to simply say, God, I don't understand the moment, I don't get the moment, but I'm going to do what you've called me to do and I'm just going to be faithful. So I said, look, here, here's the deal. you got to keep doing your part, if you know what I mean, and, uh, and then let God do his part on this deal. Just see what God's going to do. You want to hear the really cool thing? Four kids. Four kids. And, and, and you know what? Uh, their prayers right now are not, God, give me another kid. <laughs> their prayers are, God, help us with college. See, chances are there's someone. There's someone you know who just says, Look, this isn't what I thought I signed up for. This isn't what I thought it was going to mean to follow Jesus. And I I just got to tell you, I I think I'm done. And you've said to yourself, Well, I I wish they would change their mind. I, I wish they would just be faithful right now. And nothing would be as powerful as you inviting them to a cup of coffee and saying the right word in the right moment to the right person. And what if you and I simply in this moment decided to invest? One more place. You and me saying the right thing to the right person Maybe the thing that tips the scales and gives them the courage to do the right thing. You and I all know people who come to a moment in life that just go, wow, uh, I've got a decision to make and doing the right thing looks really, really hard and doing the wrong thing looks like a shortcut that gets me there a lot faster, a lot, Quicker, and so they're doing the wrong thing. And you think to yourself as you watch this happen: you go, "Boy, someone ought to say something to them. I mean, someone. But here's the deal: if, if I if I say that, I, I may risk our friendship. See, if I say that, they may be they they may be really really mad at me for challenging their lives. And I, even though I'm encouraging them to do what's right and to do what's biblical. I'm not sure they want to hear that. And, and so, right now, say, saying the right thing to them may jeopardize whether or not we're friends. And guys, here's what you got to get. Sometimes, saying the right thing to the right person at the right time is scary. But it's still the right thing to say. We got Paul Jr. coming And uh, it's interesting because uh, just a few years back, Paul was really, really off track in his walk with God. He'd grown up in a Christian home, um, but his mom and dad split when he was young, and he kind of went with dad, and in the process of going with dad, totally got out of church. So he'd been a Christian as a young boy and following Christ, but he had spent most of his teenage and later years not being a Christ follower. Still a Christian, but not being a Christ follower. And so here he is, and a while back, uh, God started getting a hold of his heart, and he actually uh, had been on a trip, and someone had talked to him, and he he went back home, and he went to his girlfriend, who he was living with, and he said, look, I think we just need to get back in church. And so they did. They started reengaging in church, and and going to church, and making new friends, and and you could see his Christian life starting to finally move forward again. He gets off to man camp. And while he's there at man camp, some Christian friends take a risk. Because here's the deal, Paul's a big celebrity, he's still fairly young in the Lord, I don't know, but a couple guys sit down and say, Paul, we just want to challenge you on something. You've been declaring out loud with your mouth that you're, you're serving God and following God, and you're living with your girlfriend. And, and we're just going to say, Paul, it makes you look like you're living two lives, It makes you look like a hypocrite. And so, can we just encourage you to think about doing the right thing? In exactly the same moment, his girlfriend is in Bible studies, in the women's Bible study, and some of the women are talking to her. And so now Paul is on his ride home from man camp, and he's going, man, I I don't know, how do you do this? How do you tell your girlfriend you want to move out without it feeling like you're breaking up? And so he gets home, his girlfriend comes up to him and says, hey, we need to talk. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I think we need to talk. And she says, um, I, I've been doing Bible study with some ladies, and I think we should move out. And he goes, oh. <sighs> and they did. For six months, they moved out, and they lived separately, and then they got married. Anyone hear the really, really cool thing? That simple act of obedience in their lives was the signal to their friends and the people they were watching that Paul and his girlfriend meant business with Jesus. And it literally has become the platform now from which they can speak and say, I'm doing this as best I can. Guys, I just want to say to you, there are people in your life and my life who need to hear you, and I encourage them to do the right thing next. Next and the right word spoken in the right moment. And even though, even though they may not understand, and even though they may be frustrated that you said it, and, and, and kind of poked in their life a little bit, what if this time, instead of running silent, what if you and I said the right word? in the right moment. And what if, what if this became such a characteristic of our lives that literally everything that came out of our mouths had so much the words of Jesus on them that people just said, man, every time you're in the room with that person, you're blessed. Every time you're with them, it's like taking a drink after you've been walking through the desert because they're always encouraging you to love Jesus more and to follow God. I mean, wow. How many guys know the story of Johnny the Bagger? Oh, good. Okay, so a new story. Here we go. There's a gal, and uh, her name is uh, Barbara Glanz, and she's, uh, she's a speaker that goes out and helps corporations just figure out how to do better customer service, how to make it a great experience when a customer comes, how to get repeat customers, and, and she just happens uh, to be a Christian. So she gets called by this uh, uh, Grocery store chain, 3,000 employees, and she's doing her seminar for them. And uh, so 3,000 employees all come. One of them, Johnny, the bagger boy. And Johnny has Down syndrome. And the reality is, guys, probably the company, as they thought about it, they, they just brought Johnny so he'd feel included. And now he's sitting in the seminar, Barbara's talking, and as she finishes, she gives this challenge. She just says, look, uh, I want to challenge you to put your fingerprint on the experience that someone has when they come in the store, that there ought to be something you do, that it's a great thing for them, that you could just kind of encourage them and help them have a great day because they ran into you at the store. So Johnny, the bagger boy, takes her serious. He goes home that night and he announces to his dad. he says, dad, I want to encourage every person who comes in the store. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to make a thought for the day and print it out on a slip of paper. Just something that's encouraging, something that make them smile. And I'm going to put it in the bag when I bag. So his dad agrees. They spend hundreds, hundreds of slips of paper, just the thought for the day. So the next day, Johnny goes into the market and people are checking out and uh, as they check out Johnny's bagging their groceries and then he's dropping his slip of paper his slip of encouragement in the bag and then he turns him and he goes there's something in the bag for you <laughs> so now people are intrigued and they get home and they're digging their groceries out and they find this little encouraging slip of paper in their bag 3 weeks later the store manager comes walking out onto the store floor there's a line there's a line at Johnny's cash register that goes all the way back to the frozen food section. The manager then gets on the intercom and says, hey, more cashiers, we need cashiers up front. And they come to the post, and now he's walking down the line saying, look, we've, we've got cashiers over, you can get in that line, it's shorter. And here's what people are saying. No, we want to be in Johnny's line. Now here's the interesting part. The rest of the employees started getting jealous of Johnny. I mean, if you're a cashier, and you're standing there, and everybody's in Johnny's line, and you're kind of twiddling your thumbs. matter of fact, the, the guy back the butcher, back in the butcher shop said, look, I, I've got to figure out some way to make this a great, great experience for all our customers. So he starts putting Snoopy stickers on all the meat. Now, I'm not sure how good of an idea that is to put a dog on a meat package, but I, you know, he was trying, right? He was trying. Uh, the, the, floor, the floral department within the store, they used to throw away kind of the, the flowers at the end of the day, or, you know, if one had a broken stem, they'd discard it. And now instead, they would take those flowers, they'd walk out into the store, they'd find either an elderly lady or a young girl, and they'd pin it on them. And the manager ended up calling Barbara back and saying, this young man has absolutely changed the culture of our store. And people now come here not just to buy groceries, but to be encouraged. What if you and I, choosing to say the right word to the right person in the right moment, changed the culture of our homes and the culture of our church? and the culture of our children? What if, what if every time people came in proximity to us, the words that came out of our mouths sounded strangely like Jesus? So here's my challenge. Here's what I'm just asking you to consider. What if for seven days... You and I made serious investments on this side. What if for seven days you and I went out like secret agents and just said, Okay, God, 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 I am looking with all my heart, man. I am just fixed. I am looking for the right person at the right moment so that I can say the right thing to them for seven days. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we we just simply come to you. We're going to need help with this because, truth be told, a lot of us have the gift of negative, and even more of us have the gift of silence. And so I'm just going to ask you to send us on mission for seven days. For seven days to just watch where you're working, watch what you're doing in people's lives, and then to simply join you in that moment, to simply go to the right person in the right moment and then have the right things to say into their lives. That God, we would would look for people who are ready to give up in their walk with you and we'd say, no, 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 hang on. I've been where you are, I know, hang on. That God, we'd see people and say, have, have you discovered what God is doing? I mean, have you realized how God has wired and equipped you? And I, I just got to believe that God's got amazing things planned for your life. I hope you discover them. That we would go to friends who are on the verge of making decisions that would leave the rest of their life with disappointment and regret. And, and we would even in that moment be willing to risk the friendship to look for the right moment, to say the right thing to our friend. And just to say, hey, you get that what you're doing in this part of your life, the way you're behaving over here, there's just just no way God can bless that. People who are far from God are really, really confused about your faith. And could I just encourage you to do the right thing? to do the God-honoring thing. God, help us in the next seven days to make major investments in the right words to the right people. In Jesus' precious name, amen.